0: East side in the afternoon of a turkey.
1: Exciting live hunts like this. Oh, I got that coming. <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 465, A Little Alabama Afternoon Delight. And I am your co-host, and the guy who fooled the jolly old fat man once again
1: and i'm your co-host and the guy who is going to be in great shape for turkey season due to the awfulness of duck season
0: is that because you're going to end up spending more time at the gym i have
1: not missed a workout yet because you know wow. luckily i'm usually home by 7:30 or so at the latest so i get my workout in and i don't know that i'm gonna go anymore until things change around here because it's it's gotten pretty rough. We did not see a singular duck today. I haven't seen a mallard and On one farm, I have not seen a mallard in three weeks. On the other farm, we had three mallards come in and killed all three of them. And one of them was banded, so that was cool. Oh, cool. So, you know, when you kill 33% of the mallards that you kill are banded, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So if yep, we go with percentages, things look great on paper.
0: <laughs> no doubt. <laughs>
1: We've killed a hundred percent of the mallards that have come in, and a third of them were banded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty strong stats.
1: It's brutal, man. I know. I, I think most southeastern hunters are experiencing similar. It's just a rough year. Very dry. Very not cold up north. It's just it's not ideal waterfowl migration so far. Yeah. So. I've been hitting the gym really hard, which has been great. I, I should be absolutely ready to climb some hills when turkey season gets here.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yes. And looking forward to that. I assume you somehow secured a spot on the nice list again this year?
0: I don't know if he's just getting dementia. <laughs> he's or... he's got to be getting pretty old. Yeah. I oh. mean, got to be. But yeah. I fooled him once again. So turns out I got a predator gun, nice. which, you know, almost all my guns are predator guns, but this is a gun I will use specifically for predator hunting. And it is, it's really just a survival rifle. It's a shotgun rifle combo, and I'll be able to get them up close and reach out and poke them as well. So that's it, awesome. Yeah. It's a little takedown, Model where the gun basically breaks in half, and I think you could put it in your back pocket if you had to. About that uh, big, weighs about five, a little over five pounds. So got to get me some optics for it and get ready to go try to rock some predators.
1: Good deal, yeah. I've gotten through trapping. I've gotten three coyotes recently, so that's been good. And we wrapped up the trap line. Had some rainy weather moving in, so went and pulled it all up and. Yeah happy to report in nine nights with 30 trap sets off we caught one raccoon wow so they're all dead it's a it's a wasteland for predators down there and you know now there's so many turkeys and quail i guess they just peck the predators to death so but oh yeah you know it's too bad Uh, i hate how they move right in the next day after you kill one but Mm -hmm. i don't know we've taken 80 something off and now there's a you know, we only caught the one, so must must be the trapping. They don't like sardines anymore.
0: It could be that they just have given up on fish and they've started eating just live turkeys. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> They're so stuffed from eating turkeys they don't need the bait anymore. That's
0: right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well good yeah. deal.
1: Yeah, I got
0: for Christmas
1: one of my big gifts was a a new setup for camping for this turkey season I'm excited about. It's called yeah. the Haven tent I think is what they call it but it's you know I usually camp in my Eno which is a hammock and this is also a hammock but it's significantly more comfortable in my opinion so far I haven't camped in it multiple nights but just laying in it I could tell it's very comfortable and it's because it has separation bars so it makes it more of a square and Mm. it's flat and so kind of banana shaped and you don't have sides wrapping up, you know, all over your head and sides and everything. It's it's pretty nice. And the bug net is already attached and zipped in there, so you don't have to fool with that. And then the rain Rainfly attaches really quickly. And the whole thing, and it has an air mattress that goes in the bottom of it.
0: Get out of town.
1: Yeah. So And the whole thing fits in, I can hold it like in one, with one hand, I can hold the whole thing. And it's six pounds for everything. Very cool. So, pretty excited about my new setup for for camping this year while turkey hunting with the Haven tent. So, I'll I'll report back after a a full you know week hunt or something where I'm living out of that thing and let y'all know if it is truly a a better upgrade.
0: Yeah. Well, I uh, got a picture of Audrey asleep in it in the backyard. Yeah, yeah here's there's Day. the
1: testament. My my wife who is not someone who likes the outdoors very much, has never been camping with me, not once. She said, and I quote, I could probably go camping in this. Mm-hmm. So that tells you it's comfortable because she yeah. is not one to go. But anyway, pretty excited could, about
0: that. I could see Odge in a hammock camped outside the store on Black Friday waiting on him to open next
1: year. Yeah, that would make more sense i guess the only issue is she most likely anything she would need at that store she's already bought online at full price two weeks before (laughs) and it and it's lost in the boxes that are stacked on my front porch
0: (laughs) well okay i don't have a comeback for that
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: well that's funny stuff
1: we've got Time running out on our raffle, so I want to make mention of that before we get into this hunt we're going to do this week that's going to be awesome, but you've got, from the time of us recording this, 18 days until we draw out our two winners for our turkey hunt that we're raffling, so the drawing's January 15th, so that's 18 days from right now, and we're going to do the drawing, I believe, around, are we doing it at noon, or that's just when we're ending... When people can apply.
0: You know, I have to go back and look exactly at what we'd set up, but I know, I know that that's the
1: day. So Yeah,
0: yeah. So noon is the deadline for buying tickets. Yeah. And I think we can decide at that point when we want to do the drawing. I think I'd put the drawing at like nine PM central or something like that. i again I'll just have to look. But okay. You know, I want to do a live stream on the draw. I think that would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely plan to do that. And the you know, it's an online drawing. There's no advantage to waiting to the last day to put in, really, right. I don't think. Unless something weird with the algorithm. But you know, if you're doing a card cut or something, it may pay to have your card be the one of the last ones put in there, but in this case it's not really gonna help you. So yeah. You got eighteen days. We're going to be drawing, if you haven't heard on previous episodes or off social media, we're drawing uh, two hunters out that are going to join us in South Texas February 20th through the 23rd to hunt Rio Grande at El Mapache Blanco Ranch with Kyle Pattinson. And each person can harvest up to two turkeys, mature gobblers, no guarantee of killing but past performance has been good on this ranch and he sent some videos there are turkeys that have inhabit the ranch for sure yeah so we could we have eight tags between the four of us that we can get in those two and a half days so it could be pretty action-packed if the turkeys are acting right
0: yeah Yeah. should should be good
1: food lodging all that's included only expense to you will be your hunting license and transportation costs and probably can whittle that down, you know, because Andy and I are going to get a rental car. If we get one big enough, maybe I'll, you know, can coordinate it. We might all be able to ride together. So,
0: we'll yeah, that it. would be ideal for the winners if they're going to fly, would be to try to show up, you know, within an hour or two of when you and I get there and yeah. just throw their stuff in with us and ride with us. Yeah. Save a little I bit of money.
1: So. Yeah. So we'll be flying into Corpus Christi, Texas. And that drawing, as I said, is January 15th. So you got 18 days you can go to the show notes. There's a link there that Andy's going to put there for you to a raffle page and you can buy tickets there. So if you, the more tickets you buy, the less you spend per ticket. So you get more chances for less money on the more you buy. I would suggest getting a package of tickets and proceeds from this raffle will be donated to turkeys for tomorrow and the national wild Turkey Federation to great conservation organizations that are benefiting wild turkeys in the United States. So go ahead yeah. and do that. Go ahead and make mention of that. We got, you know what, we'll record two more episodes before we draw. So that's wow. Yeah. that feels close.
0: <laughs> it's just close. That's no crazy. Yeah. And we will be
1: turkey hunting in 54 days. Man, that's just crazy. That sounds wonderful. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, if you want to go turkey hunting 54 days on February 20th, this is your route. So make sure you buy some tickets. We look forward to seeing who's going to get drawn and getting to spend two and a half days in camp, having a blast turkey hunting, eating good food and hanging around the campfire.
0: Yeah. And one thing that we haven't really discussed when we've talked about this raffle is that if our hunters get there and whack some turkeys early and want to hunt exotics or hogs, that yeah. opportunity is available. Yeah, you, know, you just want to make arrangements with Kyle, the owner of El Mapache Blanco, to make that happen. Of course, there are going to be the trophy fees and and that kind of thing to hunt hogs and exotics, but that is an opportunity available. Yeah. So something to think about. Just an extra little something, something there.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. There's a lot, you know, hogs, exotics, a lot of other stuff, and I'm kind of excited about, you know. <laughs> setting up on a turkey and having some african looking animal come walking by (laughs) that's gonna be pretty interesting
0: yeah yeah i don't think he has any lions or leopards so we shouldn't have to worry about any any cats coming after us
1: yeah big cats that would be problematic but anyway that's gonna be a blast hope you guys will participate in that raffle your odds are pretty good still and you know it's going to a great organization. So, worst case scenario is a
0: good donation to to these organizations. Last thing I have to add about it is every penny spent towards buying tickets right now is going to these organizations. So.
1: Yeah, we've hit. We we are in in the black. We're profitable. Yeah. At this point, so. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We appreciate all you guys who have already bought tickets. You know, Absolutely. thank y'all so much. And uh, if you. Want to get you a few more chances these last couple days. Better be hopping in there and getting it. So, again, link in the show notes to take you to the raffle page. You could also go to my Instagram page, Cameron Weddington, and I have the link posted there if that's easier for you. So, make sure you go ahead and do that, and we'll be drawing that out January 15th.
0: Should be good fun. Yes. Speaking of hunts.
1: Let's hop in here. So, you had an afternoon hunt in, in Bama.
0: I had a successful afternoon hunt in the gobbling capital of the world, Alabama.
1: Yeah, where turkeys are known to just cut loose from daylight to dark.
0: Non-stop, make your ears ring. Sometimes if you're not careful and you're too close to them, they'll make your ears bleed. They just gobble so much. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why it's important to wear hearing protection when you go... Hunting in Alabama. That's it. That is that is it. Uh, that was definitely yeah. my
1: experience in my three years hunting there. When I I thought I heard one that one time. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. So well, set
1: the set the stage for me. Tell me tell me what the plan is.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna take you back about 24 hours ahead of kill time and. The day before I killed, I got on a bird on this particular piece of property down in a in a little creek bottom and hung in there with that joker for about three and a half hours. Oh, wow. And, you know, he on the roost, he gobbled fairly well, but just like typical Alabama turkeys, they hit the ground and, and just, you know, you do good to get an occasional gobble out of them. But what you can get a lot of out of a lot of them is you can hear a lot of oh. if you're close enough. So I got in there on this bird, gobbled on the roost and flew down, gobbled a few times, but then he got quiet and it was not really early in the season, but it was early enough to where I had a good idea why he went quiet. Mm-hmm. So I'd get a, Gobble out of him every 20, 30 minutes and Mm. after fly down. And so I worked my way around this bird and got 180 degrees in the opposite direction of where he was when I set up. Yeah. And I actually used the terrain to get a little hill between me and him. Nice. And when I got in there, I could hear him drumming and I thought, oh, yeah. We're, we're going to make this happen. But at this point, I'm pretty sure we've got hens with him on the ground. And so my focus becomes an attempt to call the hens in to me. Yeah. So I sit down there and I start calling. And I don't know, maybe 10 minutes after I call, I see a turkey pop up, pop up on top of the hill. And it's a hen. And she's 25 yards or so from me. I can mm-hmm. still hear him drumming on the other side of the hill. And he sounds like he's close.
1: Oh, man. So Blood, I'm blood thinking, pressure rising.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking any second now, that redhead's going to pop up over the hill, and, you know, we're going to be in business. Black, black Death will do the rest. That's right. I'll just have to show him Black Death and won't even have to fire <laughs> a shot. Just go over there and pick him up, put him in my vest, and get on back to the truck. Yeah. But He'll go ahead and pluck himself. Absolutely. But Mother Nature had different plans, and the hen goes back. When she didn't see a hen when she topped the hill, she went back on the same side of the hill that the gobbler was on, and he still drummed a little bit, gobbled once in a blue moon, and that was pretty much it. I, after about, I'd say 15, 20 minutes of that, after that hen popped up on top of the hill, I crawled up to the hill and peeked over the top, just wondering if they were still there, and I didn't see a turkey anywhere. So I said, well, I'm just going to back out of here, the semicircle that I made to come in. And there was a food plot as the crow flies about, I'd say 200 yards from where the turkey last was. Well, there was a really good chance that the turkeys went towards that food plot Instead of going the opposite direction, because I could see down the creek bottom Mm -hmm. if they'd gone the opposite direction. Yeah. So I thought, there's a chance they've gone to that food plot. So I semicircle out. I climb the 6,000-foot mountain to get to that food plot. (laughs) Peek up in the food plot, and I don't see anything. Or there's a little roll in the middle of that, a, a dip in the middle of that food plot. And I knew that dip was there. But I just kept, Ed, you know, kind of easing up, easing up, peeking up over, trying to look down into that, into that dip. And at one point I took about two steps and I look up and I see two turkeys just haul butt off the field. (laughs) Perfect. And one of them was a male turkey. Nice. Yes. And I thought exactly what you just said. Perfect. That's exactly (laughs) what I'd planned in my mind to go down. So, I went at that point in time, it was getting pretty close to lunchtime. And I I'm going to say I'd taken off work that day, but I'm never off work, as you well know. So uh, my uh, my plan was to not go to the office. I can work remotely, which is good and bad. And so I said, well, I will just go to the truck, eat lunch, get my laptop out, check emails, reply to emails, do a little bit of work until I've gotten everybody pacified that, you know, they're happy and I can get back into the woods at some point, fingers crossed, early afternoon. Yeah. So I did that. I got to the truck, got my lunch out of the cooler, and I'm sitting outside listening, eating lunch, and working on the laptop. Well, about two and a half hours rolls by and I finish what I need to do work-wise. Close my laptop. And I said, you know, I'm just going to walk back into this area. I know there's a bird in here. I'm just going to see what happens. So I walked back in there. And before I can get to the food plot that I scared the birds out of, I hear. Excellent. And I went, holy cow. I am in some big piney woods. So it's pretty open. But I do have terrain working in my favor. Uh, or or against me, depending on the conditions. Yeah. So I said, well, obviously that turkey, I mean, it it was loud to the point that there was not any, oh my gosh, was that a turkey drumming? It was, holy cow, that's a turkey drumming. And for an old man like me, that means that turkey's pretty close. And with the terrain like it is, that turkey's pretty close. So I'd dive over off the side of the road. Opposite of where I think the drumming's coming from, opposite side of the road and opposite side of the hill from where I think the drumming's coming from. And I get me a tree to sit on, get calls out, get the gun on my knee, and just start with some soft calls, drumming, drumming, drumming. And then after about, I'd say, 10 minutes, no more drumming. And so for you
1: also who haven't hunted Alabama, drumming is how. Turkeys in Alabama, the few there are communicate.
0: Notice there's been no gobbling. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly right. Yes. And and if you're a hunter who cannot hear drumming, Alabama's a bad, bad place to hunt. Yeah. So I start trying to figure out, you know, did the turkey ease off, like further down the hill away from me on the opposite side of the road? And I just can't hear the drumming because of the terrain. Or was the turkey in the road that I was walking on and just walk further out, like towards the food plot, which is the direction I was headed? So I crawl across the road and I sit down there for about five minutes. Don't hear anything. I wait a little bit. Well, I called when I first set up over there to try to see if I could initiate some sort of, of reaction from the gobbler, whether drumming or gobble. And I heard nothing. And so... You know, all totaled, I was probably over there 10 minutes before I decided to relocate. And I said, I'm just going to just go back on the other side of the road where I originally set up, drop down in the bottom, come up the side of the hill and just I know where there's plenty of cover now for me to slip up to the food plot where I can peek into the food plot and see enough of it and be able to hear on that food plot if there's a turkey drumming down there. Mm -hmm. So. I do that, I get around there and nothing. I don't see anything in the food plot. I don't hear any drumming. And I'm like, there we go. That's wild turkey hunting mystery number sixty-four million two hundred and eighty-six thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven version two. So yeah. I hung around there in that general vicinity pretty much the rest of the afternoon. I didn't, you know, didn't hang out on the food plot. I figured if, if the turkey was going to the food plot He would have probably already been there. I thought there's a chance that maybe he had come out of the food plot when I walked back from lunch and, you know, it's following this hen wherever she's going. So the rest of the afternoon, I had not much going on. So now let's fast forward to the next morning. Get up at daylight. I go in the same area, and the turkey that was gobbling down in the bottom is, uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's the same turkey. It could. Be a completely different turkey but i would say 400 yards further downstream of that creek so i'm on foot and instead of being on my motorcycle or or driving the truck i start the long way down the road instead of going into the creek bottom and walking to you know just right in the direction of that gobbling turkey well by the time i get up above that turkey that's in the creek bottom gobbling It flies down, and just like the day before, the goblin gets very sparse. So I said, well, it appears to me that the turkey's moving downstream. So I'm going to haul butt around, see if I can get ahead of that turkey, drop down into that creek bottom in hopes that he's just going to come on by me. So I'm staying up high and out of sight of that creek bottom, and I'm circling around using Onyx to find, you know, a good spot where I can, as that creek winds and the turkey's following that creek, it's going a longer distance than I am being up high and being able to go just straight. So I circle around and I get up above, I find a good spot and I get up above where I think the turkey has not made it to. And I'm standing there, just got a, got the crow call, trying to get some sort of response out of that turkey so I can confirm that he's not gotten past the area that I'm about to drop into or that he's not standing in that area. Yeah. And blowing the crow call, blowing the crow call, blowing the crow call. And all of a sudden I hear a gobble past like further downstream from where I'm standing. And I'm thinking how in the world did that Turkey get there so quickly? Boom. (laughs) I said, well, at least I got a good mile Mile and a quarter walk in this morning with a little <laughs> run mixed in there as well,
1: welcome to Alabama. <laughs> it, it gobbled <laughs> Boom. and that and that is why they drum
0: <laughs> that's why they drum and so if you just like an Alabama hunter, if you hear one gobble, you just better start shooting in that direction, <laughs> so I said, well. <laughs> There's a very good chance that the turkey that I was on that morning prior was not the one that was just shot. And I'm going to go all the way back out to where that food plot is, walk off that food plot down into that creek bottom and just see, you know, was it one of those mornings where the turkey just didn't gobble on the roost and, you know, it's going to give me a a gobble on the ground, you know, so I'm I'm going to go back and just check. So I walk all the way back around there, drop off the back of that food plot down into the creek bottom, call a little bit, nothing. No hens, no gobbler, nothing. So now it's getting up, getting to be, you know, mid to late morning. And I hang out down there in that creek bottom because they're scratching everywhere down there. And, you know, obviously I know that turkeys have visited that area because they were in there the morning before. But there's a lot of fresh sign in there. So I'm hanging out down there. It gets to be lunchtime. Same deal. I'm going to go to the truck and eat lunch and come back. So I walk to the truck. Now, this is on a Saturday. In fact, this is the same day that Scott killed his bird in Tennessee, and you left Tennessee when Scott left there, and you yeah. went to another state and killed a turkey yeah. that afternoon. So that- I'd Lord's gotten a yes, yes. I'd gotten a text message with a dead turkey picture from Scott and from you where he killed that morning. So, you know, I'm I am in this old age of mine, not one who gets jealous anymore about other people killing turkeys. I get just as excited as they do when they're successful. Yeah. So Now, in my younger days when I was learning the sport, yes, I would be jealous, but now I'm not anymore. So it's a good day. Scott's gotten a monkey off his back in Tennessee and, you know, somebody else in Alabama has killed a turkey or shot at a turkey, I assume. (laughs) So I've eaten lunch. I get back out in the woods. I didn't have to work as much when I got out of there for lunchtime. So I was able to get back out into the woods pretty quickly. I'm going to say it's 1230 when I get back out. And I am walking towards this same food plot that I've mentioned now probably four times in this story. And I hear a turkey gobble off the edge of the food plot, not off the back of it, but off the right of the food plot as I'm walking in. And I said, all right, we're in business. So I just slip off the edge of the food plot thinking, okay, I can call him up here he's probably going to come up here anyway i don't think he'd been there already and if he's following that hen there's you know the the day before i saw a male turkey and a female turkey in that field so if he's following a hen there's a good chance that hen's going to come to this food plot and he'll be right behind her so i set up on the edge of the food plot and call a little bit and i got a response so i'm feeling pretty good now well, the turkey is not really moved all that much down in that bottom, and I'm beginning to question my choice of sitting on the edge of the food plot, but I I did good and I stayed there for about 30 more minutes. The turkey gobbles at a crow during that time. Ooh, nice. And I said, "Well, what I'm going to do because it's pretty steep off the edge of that food plot down into that creek bottom, and the woods have greened up a fair amount, I'm going to get on that side of the food plot and just see if I can figure out, is is he coming slowly towards this food plot or is he just moving up and down the creek bottom? So I slip over across the food plot, get on the same side of the food plot that the turkey's on and he gobbles again and I just move right down the edge of that food plot to the road that goes into the food plot where I heard the drumming come from the day before. And now I can see down into the creek bottom in areas. I've got little shooting lanes where I can shoot if he starts up the hill towards me. I call and he gobbles. Now he's not tearing it up by any means. And after sitting there for, I'd say, an hour, not getting much response when I call, I'm not getting very aggressive on the calling. I decide something's got to give. So a crow calls and he gobbles and he's moved up the creek bottom away from me and the food plot a little bit more. When he did, I got up and I just walked down halfway down the food plot where that little dip is and I dropped in to the woods and there's a little draw that dip comes off the field down goes down the hill towards the creek bottom in a little draw and I thought this is perfect. I'll have terrain to you know to cover me while I move. So I drop off down in this draw, and I get to where I can easily shoot the creek. Now, this creek's not very big. You can step across it with one step. Yeah. And But yet, the creek bed is probably two to three feet deep, so which may as well be the Grand Canyon if the turkey's on the other side of that. Of course. Yes. So, I get to where I can shoot that creek, and I stop, and I call, and he gobbles, and he gobbles further upstream. In the creek bottom from where I am, which makes sense. I walked downstream. He's been walking upstream, but I wanted to be where he had already been, in hopes that I can get him to turn and come right back down towards me. He's he's been there. He's comfortable. He'll probably come back. So when he gobbled that time, I realized, hey, I'm 150 to 175 yards away from this turkey. I've got to close some distance. So I get up and I peek over the knoll there in that little draw that I was in and don't see anything in the creek bottom. And I uh, find me just the perfect deer trail on the side of that hill, like hardly no leaves in it, hardly no trees in it, barely a stick in the thing. And I get up and I start walking that deer trail towards him. And I get to where I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable with how much distance I've closed between me and him because again it's been you know at this point probably 15 minutes since he gobbled yeah and that was the first call i've made in this creek bottom so i don't know if he's like is he on a dead run towards me or is he still walking away from i don't have a clue because it's an alabama turkey that doesn't gobble so i'm getting a little uncomfortable and then i look ahead of me and i find a tree growing just on the edge of this deer trail well On the deer trail side of the tree, it's perfectly flat. On the creek bottom side of the tree, it's a pretty steep drop. So pretty obvious to me where I'm going. I walk, that tree is probably 10 yards in front of me, and I slip up there, keeping a close eye in front of me to make sure I'm not, you know, I don't see anything and don't spook the turkey. And I get up to the tree and I sit down, get my call out, and I can still shoot the creek but now from where I am I can actually in the way the creek has meandered I can now shoot about 10 yards on the other side of the creek as well nice yes pretty good spot to be yeah so I get my call out and I call and no immediate response and I'm here go the wild thoughts in my head have I spooked him You know, what is he following a hen off the other direction? And, you know, have I missed my opportunity? What's the deal? So I'm sitting there and about five minutes after I called a crow calls and he gobbles and he's not any further away than he was the last time he gobbled because I've moved closer. Obviously, he sounds closer, but I don't get the impression he's moving towards me. Yeah, but I'm in a good spot. I'm going to stay where I am. So I'm sitting there and maybe five more minutes goes by and we're gonna pick up the audio right here. (laughs) Right. <laughs> thank you lord to god man i'm going to tell you that the hunt was awesome enough because I got to tote turkey out of the woods. Mm-hmm. But where I killed that turkey, when I shot him, he goes rolling down that hill. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is he rolling or, or running. running? Yeah. I can't really tell. Well, I'll tell you what. Before I before I go into this part of the story, let me let me fill you in on what happened there. Because you can hear, you know, it's not like this bird's gobbling his brains out. Yeah. But he, I see him coming down the creek bottom. And I don't know if he's on my side of the creek or the other side of the creek, but he's he's just feeding, but working his way back towards me. And I can pick him out in spots through the trees. And then all of a sudden he gets to an opening where there's nothing but me and him. And he's probably 55 yards away. Just a easy shot for black death. But he's coming my direction. So. He has no clue that I'm there. Why am I going to take a 55-yard shot? So I let him keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. He gets about 40 yards from me, and he angles towards me up the hill. And that joker starts coming up the hill, and I'm thinking, he's on a string now. Like, yeah, he's thinking in his head, I should be able to see this hand. And I don't see her. Maybe she's gone up to the top of the hill. That's where I'm going. And when he starts moving on a string, I'm thinking I've I've got to make something happen because he's going to walk right past me and I'm going to have a very uncomfortable shot to get turned and be shooting uphill across my body. Not not across my body, but you know, for a right-handed shooter, I'll be shooting more to the right. So when he starts up that hill, he starts clucking. And he gets behind a And there weren't very many big trees, but he gets behind one of the bigger trees coming up that hill. And when he did, I swung my gun a little bit to get on him. And now I'm following him as he's walking because he's about to walk into the deer trail that I'm on. And he walks behind a pretty good sized tree on the edge of that deer trail. And when he did, he came out the other side. And again, it's a deer trail. It's not real wide, but he was across it faster than I could get the safety off and think to shoot him. And clucks a couple more times, and when he did, I got him to stop and shot, and that joker goes, what I know now is rolling down the hill, but again, (laughs) just like we said, don't know if he's running or rolling. Yeah, I jump up, and I know he's going downhill, and I'm going downhill too (laughs) on the leaves, and so, you know, I'm trying to be real careful not to go head over heels downhill, but I get down to the bottom of the hill, and he stops rolling into a treetop and he's down he's no longer of this world so i'll walk over there to him and you know i'm i'm not one to hurry to pick up a turkey because i don't want to get spurred again so <laughs> i'm sitting there got my gun you know safety off my gun at this point and i'm sitting there with a the gun kind of half up i'm ready to shoot if he decides he wants to get up and make a move but I'm sitting there and I'm watching him and, you know, I think he flopped a couple of times maybe. And I went over there, you know, after two or three minutes and picked him up, turned around to put him down on the flat flat part of that creek bed, the (laughs) creek bottom down there. And I turned around and looked, and there are about eight metal drums where somebody had stills set up in the woods (laughs) and I, I started looking at them, and every single one of them had been busted with an axe. Every single one of them had an axe cut in the bottom of the drum, and they were all just laying over there. The moonshiners table that he had had rotted, but yet the tabletop that was covered in metal, I'm guessing it was tin or something that it was covered with, was laying on the ground right there. And, you know, with me being a connoisseur of bourbon, I'm also a connoisseur of moonshine. I think that, you know, there's just a lot of cool history behind people who did that way back in the day. And all of this ground used to be a wildlife management area. And so it's not the first steel or at least suspected steel area that I found. But it is the first. Obviously, I can't say a thousand percent sure that it was a steel, but I don't know why else there would be metal 50 gallon drums laying on the ground rusted with axe cuts all in them you know with a a metal tabletop laying over there to the side of them but it was a really cool place to to shoot a turkey within feet of not know that it was there until the turkey finishes rolling down the hill and then to get pictures taken right there with the turkey draped over the top of the of the whiskey drums with the axe cuts in them. It's That's just, pretty cool. It's cool. And so yeah, pretty neat. I was able to text a picture or two to Cameron and Scott. And then, gosh, it couldn't have been <laughs> 30 minutes later, I get a picture from Cameron where he killed.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah a, that was a big old day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a very cool hunt. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I haven't had my share of hard gobbling turkeys, afternoon turkeys in Alabama because I have, but this joker had inch and three, eight spurs Mm. and a pretty good beard on him. I had a feeling that that was not a young turkey. When I got in there and started hunting him Yeah. and I was not about to go in there and just blow him out of the woods with a bunch of hen calling. I played it. I played it very conservative and that's usually my, and you know this, Cameron, but that's usually how I start a hunt is very conservative because I can always ramp up my volume and my intensity, but if I go in hot, it's hard to back it back down from that point. And,
1: yeah, especially those Alabama turkeys that have been hunted for more generations than pretty much any other turkeys. They've, yes.
0: They've learned a few things over the years. Yes, indeed. So... You know, again, not a lot of audio on this hunt, at least audio to keep you guys glued and listening to the show. So that's why, you know, I uh, gave you more story than audio in this one. But it was just for an afternoon hunt. It was a great hunt. And that was a great bird and a great, really cool place just by luck to harvest a bird and get some pictures. So,
1: yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats on that. That was that was cool to relive and get us fired up for a spring coming up very
0: soon. Heck yeah. And it it will not be long at all. Not at no, all. No,
1: it will not. We are closing in and for those who are buying raffle tickets, it could really be closing in quick.
0: Very true. Especially uh, those who don't start until the first of May.
1: Yeah, my gosh, you still got ages compared to <laughs> some of yeah,
0: us. Yeah. And you know, to possibly win a chance to go hunting in the end of February. Yeah. That would it would bridge that gap pretty well.
1: No yeah. doubt. No doubt it would. Well good deal. Well I think we we'll make that the favor of the week with only two more little well, over two weeks to buy raffle tickets. Favor of the week this week is buy some raffle tickets if you have not yet. And if you have, maybe we'll get you a couple more. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to throw in a quick part B.
1: All right. I feel like we, we've had a lot of double favors lately. We're really asking a lot of folks.
0: Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know, I think we we ask fun things of people. So, yeah. part B is this. For most of the country, your trapping season is open. Mhm. Go throw some traps out and work that trap line. Take your kids with you if you've got kids if you don't and you have nieces and nephews, take them with you. It is a blast. They will have the best time. They'll get to learn a lot. You'll be able to teach them a lot, not necessarily about trapping, but you can teach them about the animals that you're able to trap. Teach them why you're trapping. Get them interested in it because it is very interactive. It's not boring like deer hunting where you're just sitting in a blind quietly for hours upon end. And, you know, they're, they will have a great time. You'll do some good for your ground nesting birds in the areas that you hunt. And who knows, you might even make a dollar or two if you want to skin some animals out and sell the hides. Or maybe you decide to use the hides for, for some sort of crafts project or something like that. You know, time yeah. flies or whatever else it is that you want to do. But get out there and do that. While the seasons are open, now is the time and continue that until you cannot legally continue it anymore this year or this coming year
1: so great favor good stuff go get them
0: yes indeed you you want to to wrap this this thing up and get back to the world let's do it all right oh hey you know what one other thing we just didn't even touch on at all (laughs) we teased last week about a new logo
1: (laughs) christmas got the best of us though and we also teased that we may not also get it out this week which came to fruition apparently so yes (laughs)
0: so we're hopeful we're hopeful this next week so Keep your ears open for that. And I'm going to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and a very happy and safe new year. And we look forward to seeing you again next week in 2024. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show,